here's the part where it gets difficult for vegans. Animals are included in the land ethic, but it doesn't have anything to do with the way that animals treated themselves. Animals are still objects and resources. Yeah. You're listening to Vegan Feminist Radio. So I was curious, what are you drinking? Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm drinking a New Belgium Fat Tire. Mmm, lovely. Transmigration of souls. (sighs) It is so good. Man, someday you should give me a P.O. box or something. I will ship you up six of these. And you'll be like, dude, Brian, I (laughs) drank two of your beers and I've not been able to stop watching Corey Feldman for the past 28 hours. Well, That's what will happen. I will because I will, be, I will have Cure Disintegration 1989 on repeat on my record player while I cry to a candle. And yeah. Halloween was every day of the year. <laughs> what a great album. I'm glad that you were, you were sad girl to that because I was sad boy to like Poison Records. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There was, but I think I'm a couple years ahead of you. So, like, the poison thing was, I didn't like the grunge scene. So, I was just kind of like right at the end of the hairband thing. But I love power ballads as a kid. But the stuff from the 70s. Can you take me higher? Sing it, girlfriend. Ah, that's my music. Jam. Sorry, God, I love that stuff. No, I think you get in right there. I, Are we ranting about capitalism today? Yeah, I think we could do that. Uh, that would be totally fine. We want to talk about the trophy hunting article, I guess. I'm just not sure like how much weight to put on it because it's kind of a, like it's a smaller article in terms of the way that monthly review articles go. By so, a sociologist I've never heard of. Oh, he's a sociologist. <laughs> yeah, you know what that means. And, <laughs> um, yeah, this thing is a case study in how we may not see shared values in one another, are we socialists and vegans, but also with just tiny value changes, you can see how we have most everything in common. At least those of us um, vegans who are willing to go beyond this kind of a ridiculous neoclassical fantasy of affecting supply chain through personal consumption. Um, because that's one of our biggest problems right now and one of the reasons I think we look fucking ridiculous to socialists. Uh, let me back it up. <laughs> Trophy Hunting, a Marxian Leopold critique by Alexander Simon. Uh, this is the September 2016 edition of Monthly Review. There's a few things going on in here. So this guy, Simon, combines the land ethic ideals of Aldo Leopold with Marx, as well as a lot of interesting, like, almost AR thoughts. Those are the looming characters in the piece. So the, the uh, Leopold stuff and the Carl stuff. Uh, what he's got going on in one corner is to show how out of step trophy hunters are. 
um, and all the local, all the groups that support them and encourage them with the supposedly high-minded ideals of Aldo Leopold that they're always claiming to uphold. Naturally, okay, he never questions hunting per se, but really takes to task all these hunters, white males with shit to prove we know who you are, who are just out there killing animals and putting their stuffed carcasses on their walls and in their offices and whatever. Uh, Leopold, who otherwise is kind of, um, like, he's a really interesting character and I think someone we vegans should know something about, uh, but he's all for hunting. So minus that part, uh, claiming that hunting deepens awareness of humanity's dependence on external nature, quoting, uh, and is useful for wildlife protection. So hunting is basically uh, makes us as humans like more aware of our dependence on nature, and it helps us like protect wildlife by killing them. We protect them, you know, the old chestnut, nonetheless. Anyway, in the other corner, there's Marxian themes of class consciousness, uh, how hunting is a recent invention of the aristocracy and not at all connected to actual survival or whatever other bullshit dudes always come up with to justify it. He talks about how private property leads to the destruction of natural habitat and diversity. You know, in the case of the proliferation of hunting since the 50s in America, through road building and just rampant extermination, how corporations are benefiting off of creating this absurd industry. By the way, something like $14 billion is spent on their killing implements. Every year, $14 billion. We do it for survival. Yeah, with guns and tree stands and scopes and just all this other fucking $14 billion worth of horseshit to, for survivalists. Anyway, he also mentions the effects of canned hunting, like reproducing animal life and killing it all in confined spaces and disease and how all this just ties into some fantasy of the rugged survivalist, which is just fucking nonsense. Hunters are a bunch of shit-faced little punks who spend a bunch of money to cut down a bunch of animals to make up for how angry they are at their losing fucking dads. Hunting is the perfect, perfectly horrible manifestation of white male nihilism. Of course, he didn't say that. I might have been editorializing there a bit. Oh, okay, so then there's just the way he's tying all this together, the, the idea of, of Marx and Leopold. You just have to read the article for that. I guess this I've gone on for a while. There's a lot of really thought-provoking stuff, you know, but ultimately this is not about AR. It's about taking a dump on hunters, which they deserve because they are really totally out of line with Leopold's notions of land ethic and wildlife preservation and self-reliance, public access to land and on and on and on. Anyway, there's so much going on here, especially for anti-capitalist vegans we don't get animal rights or anything. I mean, so it's a compromised article. You can read it line for line and understand why socialists and vegans will never be friends, but also just with a little kind of turn of phrase here and there, a little, you know, value changes, how we could be absolute perfect friends. But it's just like this nagging speciesism um, and their absolute commitment to um, kind of welfareism and conservation. They will not give it up. Um, and, and, and it may be that at the, at the point at which we have to say, well, this is as far as we can go with them, and the solidarity is what we would get from it is very valuable. 
but they're not going to, for lots and lots of reasons, which maybe we could talk about on another podcast, <laughs> we're never going to get away from. All right, I, I know, know. it's just rambling, but. I, I don't know who pisses me off more is the so-called socialists who poo-poo veganism or feminists who poo-poo veganism. Like you obviously <clears throat> need to go back and read another book because you're complaining about other people's ideological barriers and you are, have, you are experiencing the exact same ones. Even if presented with the exact same arguments, they just shut down. <clears throat> Drives me up the wall. I cannot stand it. That's the, that's the thing about, I think I did complain about that in that chapter I wrote <laughs> about how socialists, you know, come up with these really amazing and so relevant and so true theories. And yet when you go take that one extra step and include non-human animals, just like out the window. Yes. <clears throat> I even, I marked a passage in this. This is, uh, for those oh, you of get you, the that, print, you get the print version. I do. Yeah. Mm. For those of you, <laughs> Do you like that? Do you, do you like a man who has a print version? <laughs> Indeed I do, sir. All right. Uh, for those of you at home reading along on page 24, case in point, I'm going to read most of this paragraph. So he's talking about uh, captive populations of deer and disease that spreads among cows. Thus, wildlife is transformed from living in a state that Leopold characterized as natural, wild, and free, in quotes, to a state of involuntary servitude in which their bodily fluids, e.g. sperm for selective breeding, body parts, embryos, and offspring are all turned into commodities and sold on the open market. Like, so there's, and the, but he never comes back to that. He never comes back to that. That's absolutely something you would expect from an ethical vegan mm -hmm. um, who has a, an anti-capitalist critique, but he's never able to turn that into sort of anything that has to do with animal personhood or that animals are valued in, in and of themselves. But he uses all of the same language that we use, like, Every other blog post I read from anti-capitalist vegans. And so that's what it's, it's infuriating as you were saying. So it's like, um, I, I don't know. It's like running beside a train or something where you're just constantly like, you know, going in the same direction, but something is not hooking up. You I know? think you probably have more experience with, um, with the, the activist community for socialists. For me, as a sociologist, I work with these kinds of people. They have this kind of class consciousness, this, uh, this critique of capitalism. And so I, I have the added issue of people in academia who come from very privileged backgrounds and don't have to, they'll spout this theory off all day long, but don't have to acknowledge their privilege in so many other ways, much less, you know, human privilege. Right. I, I can't even... I've heard similar complaints from other people who are active in that community who, I mean, the same, I get the same kind of, they will share certain things. And I just like, I've never ever been tempted to enter that space because it just seems like it would be beyond frustrating. So I guess that's bad on me because I feel like we should be working to build some connections. And you come up with that like ideological barriers. Like why waste my time? 
I think that it's built into socialism itself. Even from looking at what I was, what I'm able to see from Marx and Engels, they both, they're both products of their time. That's the most important thing I think. Um, when you're talking about socialism vis-a-vis Marx, they were very much inclined to believe certain certain sort of Victorian ideals about um, or hold ideals and believe ideas about that man dominating nature, man dominating dominating women and women, like all this stuff is really fresh. You know, lots of things are happening. And so we can't really expect Marx to be incredibly um, have really big ideas on veganism or animal rights or animal liberation. He started to see some of the things that were happening um, in terms of, animal agriculture and it really grossed him out like he was really disturbed by you should you shared that with me when i was writing the chapter you should send that back to me and we'll put it in the show notes because i thought that was interesting that i i didn't wouldn't even have expected that much from him and then you found that and then what was that what part what essay was that from i mean what journal was that from uh it was from one of his notebooks in the late 1860s um i think and it was probably another, it was probably a John Bellamy Foster piece, again, from Monthly Review. And I'm trying to remember, what do you, it had to do, Marx, this thing we're talking about, had to do with him being disturbed by some new, like, breeding techniques, I think, in England at the time. Um, and so that, you know, but I, not, again, not from, like, an animal rights perspective, um, still, it, it there's this idea that it's that kind of stuff is is against nature or nat, uh, nature's order or something, which is kind of um, the confounding element I think between socialists and vegans is this idea. And here's here here's how we bring Leopold in the point of this article uh, to bear is this notion of conservation and particularly of land ethic. Um, which is a, a notion that um, Aldo Leopold um, brought to the fore. Apparently what was going on, I don't know a lot about it. I, just, I have some sort of uh, cliff notes kind of ideas about it. Um, that what was going on with, quote, game wildlife management before his time, which would have been in the late 30s and 40s up until the 60s, 70s, I think he died in the late 70s, was they were just exterminating uh, apex predators, for one. Um, And they didn't understand any kind of dialectical relationship between um, man, quote-unquote, man and uh, the ecosystem. So we were seeing still in these binary forms. Patrice Jones has talked about this a good bit. Actually, Leopold Aldo, reading the stuff, from this guy, Aldo Leopold reminds me of, of one of the keynotes that he gave where she starts off talking about we need to get back to the land. We need to, you know, be rooted in the land. This is very much what Leopold was talking about. Um, and so anyway, what I was saying about the apex predators is that rather than getting rid of them, when you, we need to bring them back into land. We need to reintroduce them into Yellowstone, for example, because when you get rid of them, you affect the ecosystem below them. You do all kinds of untold damage um, below them. And he got people interested in it and like changed up the whole way that um, business is done for uh, 
like forestry management, et cetera. So that's, and his big theme is land ethic. So, but here's the part where it gets difficult for vegans is that animals are included in the land ethic. So for us, it's difficult to think about animals absent any kind of um, will or personhood but he kind of sublimated all of that in saying that animals land water air trees all of that that's all the same thing and it's all to be managed consciously and respectfully but it it could all be managed by by humans and that we would and whatever we do as long as we're doing it in these uh conscious ways is okay but it doesn't have anything to do with the way that animals are treated themselves. So animals are still objects and resources. Yeah. Get it, get it. Capitalism will destroy the bodies of the world and it will destroy the, the world itself um, through unmitigated um, exploitation. And we see that happening. And, and the other thing, and this is what drives me crazy too about eco-socialists, is that they very much have this dream, the pastoral fantasy. So yeah. their history goes back 100 years maybe. And so they see cows in their, in their historical imagination. Mm-hmm. They see cows walking around on hundreds of acres. And that to them is like, well, that's effective management, blah, blah, blah. And so when they see it now, anything that looks like that, Mm. They don't have a con. They don't have a con. Right. They don't. They don't acknowledge how that's all culturally constructed as well. And like you said, not that long ago. And that, I think I, I recognize that same thinking with Marx and his theory on how women fit into all of this. So as I tell my students when we talk about Karl Marx and all his contributions to sociological thought, um, one of the major contributions to. Um, I guess socialist thought in more recent decades would be with the feminist would be feminist theory. And as much as Karl Marx was like totally on it with a lot, he was thinking from his very patriarchal space in the you know Victorian times. And he said of women that if, if we had an ideal society where we took care of all these, all these problems with our economy and shifted over towards communism, then women would no longer be threatened by, all this horrible stuff that capitalism does to women, as in get them out of the home and they're working in factories when in an ideal situation, they'd be in the home where they belong, taking care of kids and tending to the hearth and all that. And it's just the same as how the eco-socialists are treating this fantasy of this pastoral life for non-human animals and for agriculture. That's only taking it back a few, like a few decades, a hundred years when there's still some serious systems of oppression in place by then that have been going on for many thousands of years before. So it's, we're not taking it back far enough as, as long as we're not recognizing women as persons and as non-human and non-human animals as persons. It's still this very privileged patriarchal oppressive mindset. It's not, not breaking down the ideology as much as it needs to. Yeah. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh.